With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Here's This is time for my observation of the game week, Josh. Okay. Uh, it was exciting to see Mesut Ozil back in the lineup for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy's face yeah. gets so red uh, yeah. during the games. Uh, he, he Is he really out of shape? He, he clearly hates running. <sighs> He hasn't played in like six weeks, right? So I mean, he probably was a lot. He did not play well. He uh, was I, know, I know he. I know he got an assist on the corner, but he did not. That was a very bad match for. I was thinking to myself that this is kind of a marquee game for the Premier League, and it had goals. I mean, it had some like excitement, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, even the goals weren't very good. I mean, I sort of joked on Twitter about. I mean, Aguero's goal. I heard people on Twitter saying it was a good goal, and I, I, I suppose he was in a great position, but that ball rolled about five miles an hour, and Mustafi looked at it. He like <laughs> literally like turned and watched it roll into the goal. I mean, a, a foot out, and he could have stopped it. Ashley Williams would have like kicked that downfield for an assist or something. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if uh, – I feel like Mustafi was sizing it up. Like if I go in for this ball, like 95% uh, – the odds are 95% that I score an own goal here. Right. So that's that's like I mean, I feel like an old school like, you know, Tony Adams would have gone for it there or whatever. You know, it's sort of it, it was I don't know. I mean, maybe you feel differently about that game. I, I thought it was a really poor match. I agree that it was a pretty it was fun to watch. It was it was yeah. reminiscent of the, K- the City Liverpool the, the, game. Yeah. Last and the, week. The, K- the KDB to Sonic goal was great. I should I should add that. Yeah. But I, I think it was punctuated by the Theo Walcott goal. Also a classic goal for City to give up in their really garbage defense. <laughs> right. It was it was really a, a game week of terrible uh, defense and goaltending. I mean, Joel Robles put on a cl- master clinic of how to be completely out to lunch during a game. <laughs> how he, he, on that third goal that Origi scores, Robles yeah. just rushes up into no man's land for no apparent reason. It was, and, a, well, it was, it was weird because there were also a bunch of uh, clean sheets this week in, in like weird nil nil games that were like totally unwatchable. Like, I, I mean, I did, I did watch them. But so I don't even know what I mean by unwatchable. I guess I just mean that I didn't enjoy myself. Right? There were there were two things that could have been predict, predicted this weekend, and uh, they were both two things that I predicted in last week's episode of the podcast. One mm-hmm. uh, that Sergio Aguero would score more points than Alexis Sanchez. Josh, you owe mm-hmm. me fifty cents. 
That's true. I do. It's <laughs> and, the fifty dollar fifty cent cup now. And B, uh, Eden Hazard uh, was a better captain option than Diego Costa. Now that is with the caveat that neither of them were really good captain options at the end of the day. Right. But you would have had four more points. It was it was not a great week for captains in general. I mean, Lukaku. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if Lukaku was a t- well. Lukaku was, I think, the most the second most captain player overall. Yeah, uh, next to I Costa, who was number one, right? Right, exactly. I mean, you know, of course, at the same time, I think the third most captain player overall was uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, <laughs> who was still on suspension. So it tells you a little something about these overall, you know, numbers. But nevertheless. Uh, I think it was Costa, Lukaku, and Ibra were the top three. Josh, how so, many, how many uh, ghost managers out there do you think still listen to our podcast? Do you think they tune in to the podcast every week, even though they're not setting their team? I'd like to think so. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I was thinking. Uh, I, you know, I'm, so, I'm like slowly recovering. You know, I've had this this really terrible. Uh, I, I've not had a great start to the season. You know, I've had my distractions, and uh, you may even hear a, a baby in the background of uh, this week's episode. Not a new baby. It's the same baby we've talked about before. I don't have two. I'm just I'm still at one. Uh, <laughs> but I have been. Sl- I've actually picked up a hundred thousand, or I picked up about a hundred thousand slots this week. I had fifty-four points total, uh, and I picked up like a hundred and fifty the week before. So I'm just like slowly getting back to respectability. Uh, but still, you know, I'm like out of the millions, thank God, but I'm still like around 700,000, you know, like really, uh, not anywhere close to where I want to be. But, um, and you're, but I, I suspect I'll end up, I suspect I'll end up in the top hundred K again. Uh, just because, I mean, partially because, you know, I've still have all chips, uh, I've got, you know, a wild carded team. Uh, I'm just paying more attention than a lot of other managers. <laughs> uh, so I think that, I mean, you know, if I, if I can keep this up, there's, there's no, re- I mean, I haven't played a triple captain yet. I haven't played a bench boost. Uh, I've got like a million double game week players. Uh, so, so it's, it's fine. But it, it, the, the, anyway, the whole, the whole point of me bringing this up is I saw where I was, you know, in the United States and there's actually a fair number of people who list themselves as being United States players. Uh, well, you know, it's hundreds of thousands. Uh, but I saw that I was ranked like, you know, 22,000 or something like that in the U.S. Uh, and I was thinking, we do not even have 22,000 listeners per episode. Shouldn't every, like, our, our U.S.-based listenership should be a lot higher than it is, right? Every, should, Amer- should there be- <laughs> every American should be listening to Always Cheating. And are, are we ready to challenge our U.S. listeners, uh, you like, turn and turn and tell a friend about Always Cheating? Yeah, I don't know if it's too late this season. It might be like two in the weeds at this point. I mean, they might wonder why we call, you know, Burrow Middlesberger and uh, who Brock Toon is. You know, we might have gotten like a little too far up our own ass at this point. Thirty-one weeks <laughs> in the season, men in Blazers style. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, definitely at the start of next season we should. I mean, I love that. You know, I mean, it's great. You know, we've actually met a, a bunch of people from the UK who've come to the US, and uh, we have more um, fans from I, overseas come visit us in New York than. Uh, American fans. fans the, I know exactly. I remember talking to yeah. We have like fans in Philadelphia, and we I guess we, we never like organized a, like an always treaty meetup in, in New York, and maybe That's we should That's on us. actually do that one of these days. So anyway, what was my point? Oh, my point was uh, we, we need more American listeners, and it's a, it's a damn shame that we don't. <laughs> and we have plenty, but it just it should be higher, right? It's got to be higher. We, if you're an American that's playing in the fantasy league and. I mean, I, I assume you're like a person who's also a little podcast savvy, right? This is like a total. This is even part of the running order. This is just a rant that I am deciding to. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Anyway, all right, I want to talk about friends. your wild card, Josh. You played a wild right. card for game week thirty. I did, and uh, so you know, fifty-four points. I'm happy with the wild card. Typically, uh, my experience, I think everyone shares this, is your your score always feels a little soft. Coming right out of a wild card, like you're basically right. building the perfect team going into the next game week. I mean, there is some long term planning, but it, no matter what you do, true. the score is always going to feel a little soft. It's true, and I, I had a I had a fourth midfielder problem that I really couldn't resolve. I was talking to you about this a little bit before the start of the podcast. You know, I mean, had I known that. Uh, um, that uh, Wilfred Zaha was going to uh, explode away to Chelsea. Uh, I certainly would have looked at him, but as it was, I, you know, that, that like kind of 5.5 to 6.5 million bracket is a little, um, it's, it's not that strong. I don't think. And uh, I, lo- I looked at Lanzini who I thought about, but I already have Carol and, 
I, I just doubling up on a bad uh, West Ham team didn't didn't appeal. Yeah, uh, and so I thought about going up to the seven point two million range and picking up Pedro, which um, was actually what my team looked like until um, kind of at the last minute I moved. Uh, Move Victor Valdez to David De Gea, which which cost me this week, but hopefully will will not cost me long term. Um, and I ended up with De Gea, and I brought in James Milner, which is, you know, the way I justified it was he's probably not going to be in that team for very long. And Liverpool have you know in, in a your strong, in your team, not, not my, Liverpool's yeah, team. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. He should be with Liverpool for a good long while, I think. Uh, but I think that uh, I just thought that, you know, there's a decent chance they could pick up a penalty in, you know, one of the next two or three game weeks. And then, um, you know, I'm probably almost surely going to be dropping him for for a double game week player, game week 34. So, um, you know, it, it, but other than that, I, it's I true. I'm up, looking at the players that are anywhere between like high five million to below seven million. And it's just a murderer's row of has-beens, like yeah, Snodgrass, like Nathan, Chadley, Matt Phillips. I didn't uh, want Nathan Redman. I didn't want Dusan Tadic. You know, yeah. yeah I, mean, I guess exactly. there, there's Josh King, and but you you were saying considering Bournemouth and Josh King, even though he's in great form, they have a terrible run of fixtures coming up. Exactly. So I just I just didn't want it like. I, I don't know. For just, I mean, Josh King might have been a better. Pick. I mean, I know it was kind of a, it was a wash for this game week, but um, I don't know. I just I, I didn't feel like Brandon King for whatever reason. You know, I mean, it, maybe it wasn't very logical, but so I brought a millionaire. But other than that, um, I don't want I don't want to focus on my worst move. Uh, <laughs> I, I so I brought in. It's actually it's a good time to play a wild card in some ways because there are two four million defenders who are playing every game right now, um, or who we ex- who I expect to play every game. Uh, one is. Um, uh, uh, Holgate, uh, Mason Holgate on uh, Everton, who should, I mean, I know he didn't look very good. Uh, you know, I, really, I really no one to play in that. I role. don't know that he looked, he didn't look bad. He, he looked professional out there. He right. didn't have the right. best, wasn't putting in the best service, but the, I mean, the guy's not played a full 90 in quite some time, but he looked confident on the ball. He was able to hold possession down the, down he the He got better. Yeah. As the match went on, I thought he played a little better. I, I uh, think he'll I, be worth playing in a few game weeks coming, coming up. Then I brought in Jack Stevens, who's a uh, four million midfielder in Southampton. And he actually picked up two bonus points uh, in their match. We're going to have to memorize Jack Stevens' name now. I, yeah, I vowed I, to never memorize his name, but here I'm. For, you're forcing my hand. Yeah. And I, I clearly should have brought him in for uh, – I should have played him instead of Marcus Alonso. I mean, we all knew that uh, Alonso was going to get one point uh, at home to Crystal Palace. Right? We all knew that Ben Teke was going to take the most <laughs> nonchalant goal of all time in Stamford Bridge to win the right. game for Crystal Palace. I was excited to have two uh, Leicester players for the first time all year. I brought in Huth and Vardy, and I did Captain Vardy this game week. Uh, I held on to Lukaku, who I think is probably going to be on the way out uh, in in the near future. Just, I mean, I, I'm going to give him one more match, but I really think that the lack of you know, like just the all the injuries in defensive midfield for Everton, and uh, the lack of Seamus Coleman on the wing providing crosses is. Um, I just, I really think it's, it's, I mean, just given, you know, it's, it was only one match, but, uh, given what I saw, I do not feel as confident in Lukaku as I did even at the start of last week's podcast. There are so many guys that were providing service to Lukaku throughout the season from, you know, we all know what happened to Balassi and then, uh, they got rid of De La Feu for some reason. And now it's basically, it's largely dependent on Ross Barkley having a decent game, which we know happens, you know, once every other month uh, at right. this rate. And exactly. Barkley was so bad over the weekend, and Lukaku was just starved for, for getting yeah. the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw people giving Lukaku, you know, flack on, on social media, and I, I just really, I don't really know what he was supposed to do. Like, what do you do when no one can get you the ball? Like, he can't he can't just run back and, like, he's got to be up there. You know, he's got to be the target man. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's not doing it, then too. I mean, I, I do. I, I would not be surprised to see uh, Inter Valencia play a little more. Yeah. Because uh, it does seem like those guys are playing well together. And they might need that to, you know, to, just to generate more offense. Especially if they're going to be conceding, you know, a couple goals in every game. Uh, speaking of our U.S. listeners, Josh, watching Romelu Lukaku against Liverpool, it reminded me of Josie Altidore on the U.S. national team. Everyone mm-hmm. might remember him from his his brief unheralded stint. Still faded. 
Yep. Yep. But uh, anytime he got the ball, he all he could do was hold it up, and he he couldn't really even do that against Liverpool. He didn't have the best game when he when he did receive the ball, and I was, and I was just thinking like Josie Altidore could fit seamlessly into this Everton squad right now. <laughs> Yeah, he wouldn't even. You, you don't notice Lukaku, you wouldn't notice him either. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I brought in. Uh, so my front line right now is Carol, Lukaku, Vardy. Uh, it's very tempting to do the uh, the Carol to. Um, uh, what's his name? The the Liverpool uh, Arigi. But okay. um, I'm still still want to see. You know, I still want to see what happens with uh, with Mane. Apparently, he walked off at the end of the game on his own volition, like with a with a suitcase. So uh, apparently, he's fine with a suitcase. Uh, he had a suitcase. He was trailing a suitcase. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I, so I have. Uh, I, I guess I, I mean I guess I should bring this up because people are, are curious. I, as of the, this recording on Sunday night, it looks like Sadio Mane is probably fine. Uh, he might not recover in time for the midweek fixture, but if there wasn't a midweek fixture, he would probably be okay to start. You know, like like he'll probably be okay for Saturday's game, for example. Right. So um, I wouldn't be too quick to jump the gun, assuming you have like a bench option, but. Um, also, also makes Liverpool, a Liverpool's run-in through game week 38 is, I know they don't have any doubles, which is a downside, but beyond that, all of these matchups are fantastic for Liverpool. Yeah, they really are. Um, and I mean, which is part of the reason why I wanted Milner. I just wanted, I, I wanted some kind of Liverpool coverage. Now, granted, Picking up a midfielder who's playing out of position as defender is not necessarily the smartest move, but I thought he was getting forward a lot, and he's obviously in pen, so you know we'll see if it pans. Yeah, he, takes out. The odd, get... he takes the odd corner kick as well. Yeah, exactly. He, t- he took several in this game, so uh, you know you got to give every chance from uh, you know at least two weeks to to really pan out. And then I, I brought in both of the uh, Spurs midfielders. I brought in Erickson and Alley, uh, and I brought in Ben Davies because uh, the Danny Rose thing looks like it's not going to resolve itself anytime soon. No. Um... So do you have a – are you thinking about Zlatan in the coming weeks? Yeah, I'm thinking about Zlatan. I think uh, Lukaku to Zlatan and then, um, you know, I might – I might to make that happen, I might have to drop either Alonzo or maybe maybe Erickson or Ali, like whichever one seems to be performing worse. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's a little burned to lose the Erickson assist. I mean, I know it was like a bit of a lucky <laughs> assist, but – It was such a tease. I mean, and, it's funny yeah. to me how they – in most in most cases like that, the FPL is very hesitant to post the assist. Um, right, it's it's you. It's typical that they don't post it, and maybe if you're lucky, you get it later. But then they posted it immediately. And I saw someone on Twitter who like at it must be someone who we follow. They they added the official FPL account. They were like, "Do the right thing, <laughs> take take away the assist." And I was like, "Give me a break!" I feel like it's one thing to get mad about not getting points, but to get mad about someone else getting points that just seems like poor sportsmanship <laughs> to me. Just like let it go. Like someone got three points. Like he had to do the right thing. Like it was so dumb. All right, oh, like, come on. <laughs> Listen, if you were, sorry, if sorry, your head to head was on the line at the end of the season, yeah, you I'm might sorry. be thinking about what the well, right whoever thing wrote that. I, I don't mean to offend you. I'm well, maybe sure he was just asking sure the uh, the person who runs the FPL social media to watch yeah. the great Spike Lee film, do the right thing. Oh, that's true. Maybe they asked. Maybe maybe the question was, "What's your favorite?" You know. Uh, early '90s film or something like that. That was that was the answer. Uh, okay. Anyway, so um, Brandon, this is an interesting podcast. We're going to do. Um, do you want to hear about my game week? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You were so interested. I, I thought I was like, I'm good. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm done. Uh, we're all done. Everyone's everyone's ready to move on. But let's yeah. hear let's hear it out. Uh, okay, fine. So uh, 59. Very, very lucky game week for you. How was it lucky? Well, I mean, you lucked into eight points from Gareth. I mean, th- so West Brom keep their first clean sheet all season. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it might be the first one they've kept in 30 weeks. And uh-huh. uh, you pick up eight points on the road at Old Trafford. I think that's a bit lucky, don't you think, off the bench? Well, I think it was lucky for me that Kyle Walker didn't start. That was my transfer True. coming into the game. True. It was lucky for me that Kyle Walker didn't start, whereas maybe he would have gotten six points. True. That's true. That's true. And and yeah, that is that's a fair point. And keeping the um, 
keeping the clean sheet in the Southampton match was was a bit lucky too. On that, well, that that was that was quite fortunate. Uh, if I had any bad luck, it was having Andrew Robertson uh, all the way down my bench for ten True. points. But yeah, yeah, you, had, watch, yeah you had an explosive bench this week. I, I did have an explosive <laughs> bench. Let's see. I think all told, twenty-two points on my bench, and then I got Macaulay to come in for Kyle Walker. But yeah, uh, Cedric had no right to keep that clean sheet against Bournemouth. <laughs> Uh, just the cl- the fact that Harry Arter like note for note, step for step, recreates the Harry Kane miss penalty. It was truly incredible, and uh, uh, For Forster was even going the wrong way. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, I, I went ahead. I went ahead. Points though, right? Yeah, fifty nine points. I captain Sergio Aguero and. Uh, I was I was really excited to see him score that that goal that that dribbled by uh, Ospina and and Mustafi. I think I said on Twitter that aging turtles move faster than that ball rolled into the net. Well, <laughs> well, I was very I was very happy to see that goal go in. I thought it was I thought it was really well taken, and Aguero did yeah. did nicely to get into that space. And so, you know, you, I actually in the moment the one thing I didn't don't like know was how, Mus- how fast that actually. Ball. Mustafi actually had to get on his knees and blow that ball into the net. That that was that was how slow it was going. He had to get on. He was he was literally blow, like blowing as hard as he could to get that into the net. I would love to play air hockey with uh, Mustafi. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you, you had a strong game week, though. I mean, I was impressed. I, yeah, it was a little. I you know with our fifty buck cup, it was already kind of lost anyway. But um, but then losing the Erickson assist, I also lost two bonus points from Barty, which was kind of annoying. He was on. You know, it, it was a. The same thing happened with and, Aguero. Oh, is that right? Was he on for nine? He or was on. He was on for three B three bonus at the end of the game, and when yeah. it all triggered, uh, he dropped down to one. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of teasing you a little bit. I mean, you had, <laughs> you, you had a good kick. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, I think both of us feel pretty good about right green eras for both of us Abs- for sure. Absolutely, I'm creeping up on the top 100k, moved up to 132,000. So ever closer to my very modest goal. Excellent, excellent. And I see that third place trophy is looking pretty good for you too. Well, yeah. If if Aguero's uh, three bonus points came in, I would have moved into third place in our private league. And okay. I would have got my hands on that sweet money, but I'll have to wait <laughs> until next week. All right. Well, uh, I, I don't mean to, to glide over uh, the rest of your game week, Brian. I, I think we had a lot of similar players, and I think that's why we both had pretty good game weeks. And then um, I guess it really was the Macaulay clean tree that really, that you know, but... Yeah, that, that and that Firmino, little, yeah. Firmino has been a quiet, unsung oh, yeah. hero for me, just coming in with uh, just Five quiet, there. quiet assists, and that helps get me over the line week to week. And Firmino is a guy where I'm I'm pretty happy to have him for the unforeseeable future. He hasn't he hasn't put in any goals. The, un, the, un, the unforeseeable future. I guess we never know what the future holds. So. We don't, yeah, and we'll get to that uh, later in the episode when we do a uh, – a future podcast for game week 32. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, so yeah, as I mentioned a moment ago, so this is going to be, uh, I think these are both going to be pretty short episodes. We're going to do a, I want to look at the, uh, hail cheaters super league quickly. Um, or maybe not quickly. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and then we're going to jump right into a game week 31 preview because, uh, the game week starts on Tuesday afternoon and, uh, we want to make sure everybody is ready including us. And we're actually going to record a us. game week. Especially us. Uh, we're going to record a Game Week 32 preview as well, which we'll release uh, later this week uh, after Game Week uh, 31 is over. So we're, we're going to break up the two podcasts. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, Brandon. Uh, the, oh, actually, no. Uh, a quick side note. Uh, Peter Blake had uh, inspired us to post earlier today about uh, the biggest fantasy mistake uh, you've made this year. And um, Peter Blake, by the way, is a great follow on Twitter. Um, if you're if you're into fantasy soccer at all, he's really a, a must follow, I'd say. Uh, but inspired a lot of great responses, so I, I highly encourage people to to jump onto Twitter and uh, take a look at those because I was really uh, I was very entertained by them. A lot of Harry Kane related responses. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, what about you? Your biggest mistake. <laughs> Yeah, the one that sticks out is uh, it would have been around game week seven or eight. It was when I played my wild card, and I played it a little later this year. And I was debating between, uh, or I played my first wild card. That is, I was debating between um, 
uh, Hazard and Sanchez. And uh, I, I ended up going for uh, for Hazard. And uh, it was right when Hazard went into this run of – it was like – you know, he had like nine blanks in ten weeks or something like that while – while Sanchez ranked up, you know, like he averaged like two goals a game for the next 10 weeks. Uh, and I was like, I just like, I could never quite pull the trigger because there was like a good fixture coming up for Chelsea. And I just, and I, the way that my team was made up at the time, I just, it was not easy for me to move someone else into Sanchez. I think it was when Liverpool was playing really well. So, um, but I feel like that cost me in the end, like 40 or 50 points, maybe. I mean, I know that seems like a lot, but, um, it was, you know, right before that Sanchez West Ham game where I think he picked up like 23 points. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, at least, you know, I think he, I mean, he was basically averaging double figures for a run of game weeks there. So, um, that was probably my biggest mistake. What about you? Loris Carius wasn't your biggest mistake. I mean, I've made so many mistakes this year. <laughs> My biggest mistake uh, was definitely hanging on to Kapu and um, right. and what's his what's his Nathan Ake. I think I lost uh, like two million all told in team value just just sitting on those guys being very right. complacent. Yeah. So my my team value is like a hundred point three right now. It's it's absolutely laughable. It's so good, I'm, dr- I'm dreading playing my wild card. It's a good reminder that, you know, with someone like Kapu that, you know, if you had just burned four points to bring him out in game week 12 or something, you know, yeah, you yeah. would have lost four point that four points that game week. And then you, you could have brought in a more productive player for the next 20 weeks or whatever. Yeah. Another you know, good reminder of just uh, outlier players there. Kapu right. did. We thought for a while, oh, he's just a new player. And, right. uh, and this, he'll just be like this all season. But everyone sort of predicted, most people predicted that uh, it was it was just a fluke. And we both it, predicted it. We both brought him in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> being so happy when I brought in Kapoor. I was like, well, even if he doesn't perform, everyone else is bringing him in. And my team value yeah. is going to shoot up, which it did. Right. So the logic right. that um, <laughs> that made it a great move to begin with was also <laughs> the same logic that destroyed my team. Right. Uh, Yeah. So uh, but, you know, let us know on Twitter or Facebook uh, what your your biggest mistake are um, or join the join the conversation. It's already happening. Um, And you can uh, just go to our Twitter feed and find the find the comments there. Super League, Brandon. These people have not made mistakes. No, they have not made very many at all. And uh, you with you, you get a more of a golden, golden voice than I do. Why don't you run through the top 10? (laughs) All right. The Hail Cheaters Super League. Never too late to join. Go to alwayscheating.com. Just click the league tab and you compete. You can compete with these fine folks. In 10th place, Eddie Perello, Akuna Wanmata. 53 points on the game week. Ninth place, David Fellheim's The Cuddly Koalas. In eighth, don't have a Kalu. That's Saul Barlow's team. Pal Mitch Maynard, BTSTU, is in seventh place. Sixth place, Brandon Diggs. His team name is We Far Far Hated. Uh, fifth place, Anders FK, Bricklayers. Fourth place, Clichy's Clean Sheets, Fabio Borges, with 69 points. Uh, the highest tally in the top ten for the Hail Cheaters Super League this week. Caesar, Caesar Rodart, that's Cessboom in third place. And Jake Kenyard up to second place, his team named Laro. And in first place, holding strong, Patrick Connolly's Eat the Kapoo. He did have a, uh, a low-scoring game week with 39 points, but Patrick Connolly remains 88 overall in the world in the top 100. Well done to you, Mr. Connolly. Agreed. Well done, Patrick Connolly. Uh, yeah, number 88 in the world. Very impressive. He probably dropped a little bit, right? 39, I guess, is a little below average, but... Uh, still, still yeah, holding strong. Is forty point forty was the game week average? So let's see. Yeah, I think I think Patrick must have felt falling a, a bit. I think we've yeah, seen him as yeah. high as is in the forties in his overall ranking. Um. So uh, yeah, well done to everybody there. And I think I am now officially in the top one thousand. So <laughs> that's a good feeling. Uh, the league is huge this year. So you know, if, if you're if you're pretty far down in the league, don't 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 worry about it because uh, you're probably beating Josh Landon. And, yeah, let's uh, see. I'm three hundred ninety third place. Okay, so that's and you're having a very good season. So three ninety three <laughs> is. Uh, well, I guess you're having. A, what would you would you say you're having a very good season? You're having a pr- like a pretty good to maybe it's yeah, good. I think right? I'm Someone having a, for for a dialed in manager. I think I'm having an average season, a decently average season. Yeah, I mean, I, I give you. Yeah, I, I'd say approaching above average if you keep it up. Okay. Right? 
All right. Yeah, because I mean, you could definitely crack the top. What twenty thousand, maybe? That would be great. This up? That yeah. would be great. I, I think the highest I've ever gotten was twenty nine thousand. So okay. uh, a top yeah. twenty twenty five k would be. Definitely. Boy, boy, Definitely. my my family would be would be calling me. Uh, <laughs> It'd be a huge moment for for huge moment. every American sports fan. I think. All right, Brady. Gaming thirty one preview. As I said, it's a, it's a short it's a short pod this week. Uh, we just want to get right right into it. So uh, matches are on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday this week, and uh, let's get right to it. And should we should we have a skip in here, Brandon, or should we should we just run through all ten? Let's just I guess run we can through just all ten. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think we'll know a skip if we come to it. Yeah, uh, Burnley Stoke. Very valuable for for FPL managers who don't have Tom Heaton. That, that late goal in the Burnley match. Uh, if if you're wondering what game to watch during this this period of, of fixtures, I think this is one not to watch. It's probably going to be a very low <laughs> yeah. scoring affair. Burnley very tight both. at home. Notoriously, yeah. Stoke is in terrible terrible form. Yeah, both teams are pretty much on the beach. I think we refer to last week's episode for our on the beach rankings, but both both these teams are there. Very little to play for. Uh, you know, if you have Tom Heaton, obviously you play him, but that's that's pretty much it. I guess if you had Grant, if I had Grant, I'd probably start him in this match too, right? This feels like a nil-nil. It it does feel like a nil-nil. I don't there's there are some good players on great attacking players like Anatovich uh being one of them for Stoke, but yeah, they're gonna have to shake shake the sand out of their out of their boots to get ready for yeah. this game. Leicester Sunderland, a game that that appeals to me much more. Uh, having, I mean, I I love this match because I have uh, I have Huth and I have Jamie Vardy, and uh, I'm probably gonna captain Vardy in this match. Um, kind of seems like the perfect. Well, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it more as we go. I mean, Sanchez at home to West Ham is another tempting one, given given that West Ham. Uh, does not they're in some terrible form as well but but just we'll get there in a minute uh, yeah. i think that uh lester look really good right now they're in great form uh they're they're pretty much safe wouldn't you say i think they've won is it four or five games now uh, on the bounce oh yeah i think i think it's with the bottom between the bottom four for relegation right now I mean, anything could happen let's Let's right, see. I right. think Lester's on thirty-three points right now, which is yeah, that's fine. With nine games to nine game weeks to go, there's there's no way. Yeah, um, uh, eight game weeks to go. Technically, eight, I guess. Me. Yep. I mean, yep. it, Sunderland are going to lose this game. If you get beat by the most on the beach team of all time, Watford, as we discussed, now sponsored by Sunglass Hut. Uh, <laughs> right. Though Jordan Pickford. Nine saves, like it was. It, it, I, that was extraordinary. That was your that was your secret weapon this game week. Really, was the was the Pickford pick, the nine saves? Yeah, he ended up with five points, effectively a clean sheet uh, at the end of the day. But um, just gets peppered yeah. with goals because that their their Sunderland is, is is so terrible they can't prevent yeah. prevent other teams from getting. I forward. Do, yeah, I, I love Jordan Pickford. I'd be, I, I, I'd be curious, you know, if Sunderland do get relegated, as it looks almost certain they will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he goes down with them or if they, if, you know, some other, you know, I don't know, some, I'm trying to think of a good club for someone like him. Maybe, maybe Liverpool, you know, some club tries to, I don't know, bring him in. Yeah, I suppose. But is Pickford, it's just one season. He's, then he's suddenly yeah. ready for the Champions League. Well, it's two. No, I don't, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's two seasons now. You're right. Maybe it's hard to find a good keeper, though, Brandon. I mean, Liverpool thought they solved the problem with Loris Curious, and uh, maybe he could move what to happened there. Maybe. Well, Stoke already has Jack Butland, even though he's been out with injury all season. I'm, I'm just yeah. looking at all these Premier League. Look how good sides. Peter. Look how good Peter Schmeichel is. I mean, that guy was not Champions League proven. That, he's that's been, true. He's been amazing. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Palace. Palace needs a new goalkeeper. Wayne Hennessy did play, did Peter have Schmeichel. a man of the match display. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's some you know we'll see. We'll see okay, so my dilemma with this game is I have my goalkeeper rotation right now is Jordan Pickford, and then there's Joel Robles who is at Old Trafford against United. So I'm I have two away keepers, both with kind of daunting fixtures, and uh, I do feel like between the two, Pickford feels like a better fit to me right now, just based on shot stopping. Oh sure, I, I agree. I mean. Uh, um 
yeah, you're probably looking at three or four points either way. So, yeah. Kind of, yeah, I, I would go pick for it if I were you too. Yeah, right. Okay, anything else to say about this match? You're, so Vardy looks good. Uh, your Hooth pickup looks good. There's, it's, it's hard to say about the Leicester midfield. I'm very sheepish about Mares right now just because he, he's been very quiet. And indeed, Riyad? Riyad? Yes, Riyad, that's the one. Mm, yeah, yeah. Indeed, in uh, he scores a wonder goal, but that's, you know, that's his for the season. Yeah, it's so. I mean, what is going to happen to that guy in the offseason? I really. Riyad Mahrez? Yeah, it's so strange, isn't it? I mean, his transfer value is has probably fallen quite a bit. Plummet is. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're Arsenal or I don't know, whatever club you're looking at, I mean, you're, you can't pay 50 million for that guy anymore, can you? I mean, no. I don't know. It's just, no, no. So, I, yeah, this to me is an easy Leicester win. Um, maybe, you know, 3 0 or 3 1 seems about right. Two yeah. nails, you know, somewhere in that range. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Watford, West Brom. Ugh. It's even <laughs> worse than Burnley Stoke, I think. <laughs> I mean, if any, if anything could reach the the basement quality of Middlesburger v. Swansea. Like, did you watch any of that game? <laughs> no. It was the most repellent soccer game I've ever seen. <laughs> so, so bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I actually saw a little bit of it. I saw Gilfie's shot, which I cannot believe he didn't score. Yeah, Did you see it was, I mean, I was, it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, Victor Valdez. Valdez with a great Amazing. save. It's true. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, Watford-West um, Brom, what, what to say here? I think they'll cancel each other out. There's, I mean, I'd play a West Brom defender. Um, sure, yeah, why not? I mean, I'd play a Watford defender too, I guess. Um but it's a, it's a hard game to it's weirdly a hard game to predict. Like Burley Stoke, I, mean, I feel pretty confident saying nil nil. Watford West Brom, like who knows, right? Like th- that game could be like three two. It really could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it won't be anybody you've like even heard of. Like I I made some joke about who was the guy who scored for Hull, uh, and oh, I yeah. I I posted Renokia. Twitter, I like, I, Renokia, and I was like I've literally never heard of this guy, and like eighteen people were like. Inter Milan, dude, come on! I mean, they're they're all pretty nice about it, but it was uh, I was like, wow, okay, I need to bone up my Syria. There is like a Syria infusion this year in the Premier League, isn't there? I mean, it seems like there's like just tons of well, you, tons of ex like Juve and and Inter players that are. I think are, Juventus you know, over the last decade has done really well at marketing their club and getting great marquee players like Pirlo and Pogba. Uh, I mean, they brought um, the, who's the Argentinian striker played at Man City. Oh, um, yes, Tevez? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think they really brought a lot of new eyeballs to Syria over the last few years. I mean, Syria is, used to be the league of leagues. So for people who have been right. following European football for you know their whole life, it's it's second nature to know what's going on yeah. in Syria. As an American, it's, it's you know, I mean, we, we kind of missed, unless you've been following the league for, for, you know, well over a decade, you kind of missed the window, you know, where they were. Yeah, we missed the, uh, the fat Ronaldo period of, of <laughs> right. European football. Yeah, I mean, I guess Juve won the uh, Champions League just like 10 years ago. So, or no, it was AC Milan, right? It was AC Milan. Anyway. Uh, okay, so that game is a hard game to predict, and uh, I don't even want to. So let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, Man, <I> that's Man, <laughs> Man United Everton, tricky match. It really is. Uh, it's it it'll be somewhat invigorating to go into this match with Big Rom, even though he's trolling. He was he was on mm-hmm. Troll Patrol uh, mm-hmm. this game week, but mm-hmm. United will give up a goal. <laughs> It does seem likely, doesn't it? I mean, they don't have. I mean, is it is it addition by subtraction losing Phil Jones and Chris Smalling? Like, doesn't that almost just make things easier for Mourinho? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I really, it does seem like those guys were just like a comedy of errors. The last, I mean, those guys have been like conceding penalties and goals, and they can't stay healthy. And yeah, it's like good riddance. More, more, more Chris Smalling than Phil Jones. Sure, but even Jones, I mean. He conceded a really bad penalty against Bournemouth. It's true. He had he had a good run like a, a two months ago, starting two months yeah. ago, and then it was it did come to an end. But Got subbed off with like a minor foot injury in the 58th minute, and they were like, "Oh, he's fine for the weekend." They didn't play for like six weeks. Oh, Phil Jones's middle name is minor injury. 
Yeah, that's true. I think that uh, it'd be really interesting to see uh, what Zlatan looks like in this game. I, I don't think I'll have Zlatan because I don't know how. I would have to burn four to do it. And uh, I don't. I mean, actually, it would be kind of tempting to do that. Uh, it doesn't really make sense given the I team. Think I think that just, would, just that, that's the only re- that's the big reason why I'd hesitate starting Joel Robles is because Zlatan will be back. If you watch right, right. United, um, the United attack against West Brom over the weekend, they were, they were kind of unlucky to score, but most of their shots were off target going this way and, and that way their attack is really been woeful all season apart from Zlatan. And where was that Ben Foster? Like I had, I had the bad Ben Foster for 10 weeks and suddenly he's like, he turns into Tom Heaton away to <laughs> West Brom. What is yeah. it with yeah, old, or, or I mean, away, or away to old Trafford. Yeah. Old Trafford is like, I don't know. It's weird that like, I mean, I, I guess that's, that's just like a price that man you paid, right? They built their team around Ibra this year and uh, it's it's might be good enough for them to win the Europa League. It might be good enough for them to get in the Champions League. Uh, but when he doesn't play, they really just can't seem to score. And they don't have Mata anymore, too, which, you know, I mean, see what you know about Mata, but he was definitely, uh, you know, really influential player. It's an interesting question about where United goes after this season. You look at a team like Manchester City, they've got a lot of old, olds. I mean, we can talk about Jay, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus Navas and and how unreal it is that he still plays at that club. (laughs) But you do have this sense that city will be a bit reborn coming in next season. Maybe that's just the Guardiola glow over that stadium. But I look at Manchester United and I'm, I'm like, you guys are going to be the exact same next season. I have no doubt. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I really don't know what, uh, I mean, they have so much money though. Who knows? Right. I mean, they're, they're so loaded. Yeah, that does discount. I mean, players like Mkhitaryan and Pogba haven't been at their best and haven't been healthy all season. So maybe just get, getting right. those guys healthy will transform yeah. the side. So, and you have you have to give these time. Yeah, I mean, even look at you know Alexis Sanchez with Arsenal this year. I mean, Alexis Sanchez has always been good, but you know he really took a, a major leap forward with the club this year. And I think that you know part of it is it's this is it the second or third year with the club? Third year, I think. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, so year three, I mean, it's just he's played with the same group of guys. He knows how, I mean, I think he's, I think he's second in assists. Or he's either second or third in overall assists this season. Um, and, you've, I, you know, I feel like that kind of, that kind of assist rate for for a player like him, most of him playing as a striker this season, uh, really speaks to um, him knowing how to play with his teammates now after, you know, a couple of years. So I, I wonder if we'll see that with Pogba and, uh, and, and even Ibra to a lesser degree. Yeah. I'm and, excited in Mkhitaryan too, certainly. Agreed. Um, we'll watch with great interest. Speaking of, I'm excited. About, I'm, I am excited about this game because I, I personally would predict that United win, and they probably control the tempo from the outset. And maybe Everton gets a few good looks and scores a goal. But I would say like a two-one United victory. But um, if Kuman yeah. is prepared uh, and he gets a little more out of Barkley this game. I could I could see it being a very very even game even match. I think so too. I was actually thinking maybe like a one one draw. Yeah. Even I just I don't really know where the goals are coming from for United right now. Mm-hmm. So even with Eber back, it doesn't. I, I don't feel confident this is like a three one drawing or four. You know, it's, it doesn't feel like a dominant Man U win. That's for sure. Right. Arsenal West Ham. We move to Wednesday. <laughs> On Wednesday, West Ham is so garbage. Uh, um, But on the other hand, Arsenal, a garbage in another form. Uh, So if you, okay, you don't have uh, Sanchez or Vardy. Um, I'm not sure if you're planning to bring either one in for this game week. Probably not. Uh, If you did have those two, who would you be more likely to captain? I think I would be more likely to captain Alexis Sanchez against West Ham. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one that Wenger continues to insist to not play Sanchez up front. I know where they were doing so well earlier, earlier in the season. Why against city? Are you going to play Danny Welbeck up front? And and Sanchez was so peripheral. Why Welbeck and not Giroud for that matter? Another good question. Very, so many questions. I have so many questions. Yeah, I mean, he is, uh, Wenger is so, 
so past it at this point that, that who knows? I'm so I'm so done with Fenger. I'm so done with Arsenal and their inability to play defense. I mean, ah, this club is. I I feel bad because I mean, people. I don't know. I, I feel like every Arsenal fan is in the same you know, boat right now. So I, I don't feel too bad about just totally ripping on the club. I support yeah. uh, on the podcast, but uh, it's a, so, so if, if, if we think that Sanchez is going to play in the wing again, maybe it actually leans me towards Vardy a little bit as my captain, but yeah, there, there's like a, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. There's like a little like psychology involved too. It's like, if I don't captain Vardy or I mean, if I don't captain Sanchez and Vardy blanks, then you know, kind of ruins the Wednesday fixtures for me because I'm like almost rooting against Sanchez. I don't know. It's not right. So the Tuesday me. fixtures are basically the early kickoff on Saturday, and nobody you yeah, can't captain exactly. anyone for the uh, the first kickoff of the game week. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I, 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 I'm I would be call. I'm firmly Sanchez in this discussion. I am on the. I'm really on the fence. I mean, even as I was talking, and it even as I was you know sort of talking about it on the podcast, I was maybe. In the back of my head thinking that – I mean it's just like, you know, it's like if you had to like – you know, it's like if you flip a coin and on one side is Vardy and one side Sanchez, like, you know, where do you want the coin to land? You know, and it's like a, like if I do that mentally in my head, I'm like I want I want it to be Sanchez. So um, so where are yeah, we with Andy Carroll ahead. on this match? So we, we're both Andy Carroll owners and uh, we got yeah. a, a goal and, and a very small meager bonus point. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep him. I mean, first of all, I think he could probably score away to Arsenal. He's but, he's scored at the Emirates many times before. And even more importantly, they play Swansea and Sunderland in the two games that follow. The one the one concern here is, you know, Andy Carroll, a bit of an injury threat. Is there a chance that he doesn't play three games in eight days or nine days or whatever it is? The bookmakers you know, that, are, are probably not don't have favorable favorable odds there. Right, so that that could be a bit of a concern. So, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. If you have uh, Carroll or any West Ham attacker, stick with them. Even play them at the Emirates. Uh, it, yeah, the way yeah. the Arsenal defense is going, you're probably gonna. I think somebody said they've let in 13 goals in the last five matches. So, yeah, that's like that. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got our true six pointer after that. Hull Burrow. Are you going to play Robertson in this game? Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking at my defense. Okay, so my defensive setup, I've got Alonzo, Cedric, McCauley, Robertson, Kyle Walker. I am, I'm, like, deeply invested in my defense right now. What a rotation. Yeah, truly. Um, okay, so Alonzo plays City, but you can't – Alonzo, I don't know, he's – Probably benchable this in game week twenty one. Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, City or Chelsea can't keep clean sheets at the at the moment. Cedric with Crystal Palace that seems like a pretty good play. As as does Walker against Swansea. He's going to be rested for the midweek game. And I don't know, but then Macaulay, Watford, Robertson, Berger. I think I have to play Robertson because Berger can't score. They don't score. They won't score. That's that. That would be what I would do. I think. Uh, yeah. So, what do we think this game? This is like a one nil Hall win, maybe. I mean, Hall's playing pretty well right now. Absolutely rampaging, and uh, they'll be uh, the KC Stadium uh, took it to West Ham over the weekend. Great home form. I like it. I like them to win this game. Yeah, and then they're weird, like. <laughs> collection of anonymous talent that they've acquired in the last three months <laughs> while like while I was sleeping apparently uh, Southampton Crystal Palace uh, interesting game Palace finding some form it's a little mm-hmm. difficult to score on them these days yep. Southampton without any real class striker Jay Rodriguez is a good player but you know he's not exactly in form right now this will be Missing a good chances. match um, I like, yeah I think so too I, I, I think I like Oh, go ahead. I, I I do. I still like Zaha again here. Yeah. Um, Southampton strong on the wings with with Bertrand, but I could see Zaha really taking it to Cedric. I like Palace to win this game too. Two one Palace would be my prediction. Yeah, and I think Benteke could expose Yoshida and your man Jack Stevens for being uh, uh, slightly softer in the middle. 
Yeah, I, I, I do worry about my boy, Jack, my beloved Jack Stevens. Uh, yeah, I, I like the way the Crystal Palace is playing right now. I, I cannot believe that Allardyce is going to pull out another another escape. I mean, this Crystal Palace team looked absolutely terrible. It just looked what, very unlikely. Weeks, weeks ago. And now they're almost certain to stay up, right? I mean, they're going to be on the beach with like one more win. I'm wondering now about uh, our old friend Jason Punchin. So, well, okay. Now I'm looking at Crystal Palace's run of fixtures, and even with the double, it's terrible. Yeah, Jason Punchin, sorry. I liked you at one point, but I'm not going to bring you in. Nope, nope, definitely not. And, I mean, I still can't believe I brought in Johan Goodbye. Talk about bad moves. (laughs) I think I might have even stuck with that move longer than I should have because – Everyone was telling me it was a bad move, and I, I didn't want to admit it. And yeah. so I was just, like, doubling down in it, like, screw yeah. you guys. This is a good move. That was perhaps the smartest I ever was when I brought, I brought in Punchin and got a game with two assists out of him and promptly mm-hmm. sold him. And, you know, that was that yeah. was great, great management on my part. <laughs> you have been very unsentimental this year in general. I think it's it's been a, it's been a real strength for you this year. Yeah. Uh, Swansea Spurs. Another uh, interesting game. Yeah, Tom Carroll's uh, going to be hosting his former club. Yep. I I expect Spurs are going to try and run riot here. Uh, they. I mean, I, I guess all the commentators want you to believe that they're still trying to challenge for the title, but. I mean, let's be real, Josh. Like the the title's done, I think. But it's I think only, no, I th- I'm surprised still... you say that because because to me it's only seven points, and I think Man City could absolutely win away at Chelsea, given Chelsea's current form. And if City beat Chelsea and Spurs beat Swansea, it's a four point you know it's four point difference with with uh, seven game weeks to go. So I I don't think it's like totally out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's true. Spurs just have so much to play for anyway. You slice it because. I mean, right. they're still solidifying their position in the top four, which is probably in, in less jeopardy than Chelsea's title chances, but still. Yeah, I mean, Spurs could win every game the rest of the season, even without Kane. I mean, that's just a great run-in for them pretty much every game week from here on out. Yeah, I, I like Spurs' um, chances of keeping a clean sheet against Swansea. Swansea looked pretty pretty rough against the Burger. Um, they did. That was, I guess they, they, I guess they just picked up a point, right? I mean, if they can just get a couple more draws and one more win, I think they're, I mean, they're, they're right there. I mean, they're, I think they're only one point clear of relegation, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Hull wins and, uh, and Spurs beat Swansea, then is, is Hull suddenly maybe, maybe they're, do they climb out of the relegation spots? I don't they know might. what the they standings really might. look like. They really might. Yeah. Uh, if this game is at White Hart Lane, I might advocate captaining Deli Ali. But um, yeah, as yeah. it is, and you've got, like we were saying, uh, captain options like Alexis Sanchez and Jamie Vardy, it's uh, it's hard. It's a hard one to call. Yeah. But still, I, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame anybody who did, Brandon. I, I I wouldn't do that. I mean, it's just not who I am. You're not playing the blame not how I was game. Raised. Not I'm playing the blame game. City Chelsea, the, the match we were just talking about. Uh, normally, I mean, you know, eight, five five or six weeks ago, this is an easy Chelsea win. Uh, certainly, that's what I would predict. And given that Chelsea, you know, they lost to um, Crystal Palace, which I think everyone would be kind of a bigger deal of than they needed to. I mean, you know, it's coming out of the international break. Crystal Palace have everything to play for. Chelsea, you know, have the league well in hand, you know, or so so it would seem. Uh, you know, so I mean, they, and they hadn't lost in ages, so I, I don't really know why there was such a kerfuffle about them losing. Uh, so what do you think, Marcus Alonso? Are you gonna put him on the bench this weekend or f- uh, for this Wednesday fixture? I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, but that in that case, Jack Stevens would start over Alonso. So, uh, do I think that Southampton uh, has a better okay. chance of keeping a clean sheet? Uh, at home Crystal Palace, or yeah, I think that Alonso has enough. Yeah, he's got the you know, goal and potential. assist potential. Yeah, that I probably have to start him. What about you? I guess you're you're looking at the bench for him. I'm thinking about putting him on the bench. Will Marcus Alonso score a free kick this season? That's really all he has left to do he's for hit, us. Hit the crossbar like three times. Yeah, right? and free. I feel like he's yeah he's got a few few chances already. Scored. So you're going to keep Aguero, I would guess, for this game. Yeah, 
Yeah, there are okay. So Aguero transfer transfer moves here would be either um, figuring out my goalkeeper rotation for game week thirty five double game week. So maybe I drop Robles for Victor Valdez. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, apart from that, yeah, I think I need to to reevaluate my striker options, and it could be a good week for me to bring in Zlatan for Aguero. Yeah. That that does make sense too. I, I'm looking at banking the transfer. Uh, it's always nice to be able to bank at least one transfer after a after a uh, wild card. And I, I don't see any move that makes great sense right now. Um, I was certainly trying to think a couple weeks ahead with my wild card team. So, you know, unless like an injury comes up, I mean, the only move would maybe be to drop Carroll. But if you know, if Sadio Mane was out for a month, then. I think Carroll to Origi is a really good move. Mm-hmm. But uh, if, if Mane is going to be back in three days or whatever, then there's really no point in, in making that move. So, uh, And then I have the bank transfer. I can kind of, at that point, I can sort of see what Ebro looks like after the uh, Everton game and uh, possibly bring him in. Yeah, I I agree. Though City are uh, hosting Hull uh, next weekend. and. That is another temptation to to keep yeah. Aguero on for that, right? Right. I know we're not talking uh, about Pep's yeah. Pep's legendary rotation at all right now. So I assume yeah, Aguero true. starts midweek. I don't I, see any I, I, other option for him. How could you not start him at the in the in the Chelsea match? Right. Yeah. I mean. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, Liverpool, Bournemouth. So who is going to concede a penalty on Bournemouth? That's going to get my boy James Milner some points. <laughs> um, I also, I think right now on my team, I have the armband on Roberto Firmino. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, Bournemouth do not look good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I mean, that. I mean, my, my, me, team, my team is not set up well for Game Week 31, let's be clear, and without any Leicester or Arsenal coverage. But Firmino, I think he's due for a goal. He's uh, he's definitely going to start. He'll play the full ninety. Bournemouth will yeah. let a few in, guaranteed. I so, think I mean, that Robles to Valdez move is, is is the right move, though. That does that that move does make sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. It's you know, it's it's kind of a conservative long term one, and I don't even know if I'd start Valdez over um, Pickford over the weekend. But yeah, I agree. And it can't sit, oh, I I'm, think I, I think I would. You wouldn't start Valdez over Pickford. I mean, a way to haul that. I mean, Burrow. I mean, that's a it's a tight defense for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just mulling this over. Yeah, I know, I know. It's 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 so early after the last turn of fixtures. That I think we're still how crazy. Uh, how crazy is a Roberto Firmino captaincy? Well, the problem with Firmino is he doesn't seem to get a lot of bonus points. I don't really understand why, because he's so involved in the attack. And it seems like he makes key passes and he has the ball a lot. I, and there must be, I, I must be, it must be that the eye test is not revealing the underlying stats or whatever, because it, it seems like he's very centrally involved. And then when he picks up assists and goals, he doesn't seem to get any bonus points. So um, that would be my concern. Yeah. Okay. Well, that it's a good point. Yeah. For him. For it to be worthwhile, Liverpool really have to run riot over Bournemouth, and that could be—I mean, that couldn't be on the cards if Mane doesn't play. Lalana is out. No Henderson. A lot of people are making this yeah. point, but the attack—the attacking threat of Liverpool is severely diminished at the moment. They're still right. scoring goals. Right. I mean, they put three past yeah. Everton. So, I think, but that's if, a concern. If you- if I were looking at a game week 32 wildcard, which I'm not sure if any managers are, there's not a lot of turnaround time. But if you were, then I love Origi as a one week punt, possibly even as a captain option. Like that's how, wow. like that guy is like dying to play. I don't know. If, there's been some quotes afterwards too, where he's like, I, I want to get in. I want to score. Like, I, you know, like I want to prove to this club that I am like, you know, like a, a vital attacking asset. That was a somewhat ill-fated transfer for me earlier this season when, um, yeah. Mane went away for African Cup of Nations. I brought Origi in. I actually got a goal from him, his first run out with my side, and then he came off the bench uh, every I game know. after that, which yeah. was really. You can't call that a bad. That was a, to me that that's kind of like me bringing in Stanislaw yeah. in game week, yeah. you know, twenty three or whatever. 
ever. I mean, you know, I, I, it's an unfortunate move, but you can't call it a bad move because given their form, there was no reason to think he was not going to be yeah. starting. I mean, the guys, I think he's like, when he scored the goal the week you brought him in, I think it was his fourth goal in four matches. Yeah. Yeah. So for him then to, uh, you know, come off the bench for the next six or seven weeks. It was very surprising. It's interesting to hear about these quotes, though, of him, of Origi after the this weekend's match, saying he's so up for it. Yeah, I know. But but then, you know, if Mane is going to be back for the Saturday, then I'd really only do it if I could bring him in for one week and then, and then drop him again. Yeah. Uh, clean sheet for Liverpool? I mean, probably not. Probably not. No. <laughs> I imagine not. Uh, yeah, that's so that that's who would my clean sheet pick? Uh, I guess. Oh man, I, I, I guess Lester at home to Sunderland is my clean sheet pick. Oh yeah, um, that's a good one. I am going to pick Stoke City keeping a clean sheet against Burnley. Okay, I like it. That's I'm not that I'm not even going to respect Burnley enough <laughs> to pick them as the clean sheet. <laughs> All right, Brennan, there's your episode. This went on way longer than I was expecting it to. I thought this was going to be like a 30-minute podcast, but we oh, love get talk. us talking. In fantasy, don't we? we yeah, just, we love we to love talk. I, I, I went on my little rant about American fans and <laughs> <laughs> why they don't listen to the podcast. Right. Anyway, all right, Brandon, uh, that's it. That, there's your lot for this week's okay, episode. Okay, if you, if you know any other Americans, uh, tell them about Always Cheating. Have them subscribe at iTunes where you can rate and leave us a review. We appreciate that for sure. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast. Tune in. And yep. uh, where can people follow us, Josh? Uh, they can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, and you can support the podcast, uh, patreon.com slash always cheating, uh, where you can join the second half league. And uh, you still, uh, it looks like we're actually not going to be able to do another server league because uh, Shane and uh, Dave Wagner Lodell continue to uh, duel. <laughs> it's incredible. The, uh, Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, but we'll, we're going to have at least, uh, you know, one or one or two more, um, you know, uh, I don't know, special podcasts or features. We'll do, we'll do something for our Patreon supporters before the season's out for sure. Right. So um, keep an eye out for that. And uh, thanks to all the Patreon supporters, of course, too. Uh, and Brennan, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, look out for uh, Wednesday, another episode dropping for a Game Week 32 weekend preview. All right. And Bacani forever. Hail cheaters. Have mercy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.